Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania, retrospective pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, and feuds of your sports entertainment fandom. Yes. And we are the hosting squad for for forever, for life, just for this one. And ever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make it forever, man. Uh, we are the hosting squad. I am Kobe Nida, and as always, I'm joined by... Jimmy Price. And we're here with The Origin of Attitude. This is our final episode, the epilogue. Episode 13. Yeah. Heat. Lucky number 13. Yeah. You know how it goes. Attitude <laughs> era. Extreme. Three X's. 13 with flames behind it, like yeah. WrestleMania that, I, that year. Get it in. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. We're on the origin of attitude, not the dawn of attitude. The origin of attitude. Yes. We did it first. We did it. We did it but first. they did it. I mean, they did it better. They've got, they've got the production budget. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here. We're following these four, these four key characters that built the attitude era. Yes, um, it's it's going down. We've we've covered it all the way, episode zero to twelve. This is thirteen. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. What just happened in our last episode? Well, it was a match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. What happened, Jimmy? They fooked him. They fooked him. They fooked him. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, Bret. Um, I've, going into the match thinking that there's going to be a, uh, a schmaz, mm. as they call it. Um, ends up uh, getting getting the old double cross put on him by Vinnie Mac. Um, he comes out, calls for the bell when uh, Sean puts him in the sharpshooter, and thus one of the craziest moments in the history of uh, pro wrestling had befallen Montreal. Yeah, they screwed him. They screwed him. They screwed him. The Montreal. Earl did Montreal. it. Vince did it. Brett didn't screw Brett. Yeah. You know it, <laughs> and I know it. Yeah, and Sid doesn't know shit. Sid doesn't know shit. Still. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to go back, and that's the best way to do this. I don't know why you would be listening to an epilogue episode, but go back. Yeah. com. Mohole. Yes, we got all of our past episodes on there. They got a great list of other episodes and uh, podcasts from their other groups on there. There's Movie the Podcast. Yes, the inept supervillains. Yes, indeed. Another fun one. Views from the L. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple other Simpson Shuffle ones and yeah. other ones that come along here and there. Yeah. yeah so good yeah, stuff. Check it all out. MoholRadio.com. And yeah, so we're, we're, we're here. This is it. The wrap up from that screw job. Yeah. We were, we were just left off the air like with nothing. Yeah. And as a kid, I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I was, I was, I was sad. And I was angry. I was confused. I yeah. wanted answers. So the next night on Raw, we got those answers, right? Uh, no, no, we got a, we got a little person in a Bret Hart mask. Shit, we didn't get that at all. Yeah, we didn't get any answers. We got, we got DX coming out with their official theme music. So yeah. Shawn Michaels' music is done. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels, Rick Rude, all the crew come out, and uh, Shawn Michaels is the champion, and I was shocked. I was like, yeah. what? 
Yeah. I didn't get to see the pay-per-view live. Yeah. But even when I saw it, you know, the tape the week later, it was like, you know, no answers yet. No. What's going on? Um, so Shawn Michaels is saying he made Brett submit. So I was like, whoa, weird. Something's in not his, right. To his own hold. Yeah. yeah. In his home country. Yep. Uh, so I couldn't believe that. And, uh, then like you said, he challenges Bret Hart one more time, but it's a little person. One of the last times we'll see some of the, uh, the mini, guys yeah action on raw too yeah. as well this was not el torito uh this was this was somebody else maybe max mini mm-hmm. um but it certainly wasn't el torito because el torito as we learned this year is actually danny devito <laughs> yes join us yeah, and this one this one is smaller the dawn of devito <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so it was a little person dressed as bret hart and uh gets embarrassed right there yeah and there's a shot in Wrestling with Shadows where he's watching it on TV, just Brett's watching it with just this look of disgust. And yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Wrestling with Shadows, the background documentary that was going on at the time during this whole spiel yeah. of 97, what we covered, late 96. Yeah. All the way through 97. Kind of remarkable that they had the the amount of access that they had and just so happened to be there for this like pivotal moment in wrestling history and they had brett wear a wire in the meeting with vince and they had all this access it's almost as if it was all orchestrated yeah in a way maybe the stars aligned could maybe, be maybe there was more to it yeah there's a lot of people that say that and we'll, we'll we'll go over that maybe at the end there's a lot of speculation i for one i thought and then i rethought thought again and i was like i go back and forth all yeah. the time yeah i don't know it's it's hard it's hard because there are some real circumstantial cir- there are some real circumstantial things that happen that uh kind of uh muddy up the line of truancy in this whole thing yeah so yeah. but that's it you and i jimmy we're here with a fuck ton of shirts and why um, why are you still making these i don't know man i don't know and i started doing a a retro mania season two thing but then i was like no you know what i'm gonna hold off i'm late barrique was forever i only did a thousand of those that's that's good uh because we may be facing some litigation from from jose of los barriquas so that so sorry to bury the lead with some bad news, but Barrique was forever might be on hold because we got a cease and desist uh, from Jose, Miguel, and Savio. And I thought I knew Savio. I was waiting for a C and desist. (laughs) But but we got the cease and desist. Yeah. But go ahead. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Miguel... Jesus, Jose, yeah. Savio, and and secret member Carlos, <laughs> the dark horse. Yeah, yeah. You know, see, I think Carlos is the one that kind of flipped the script on us, man. Like I think, you know, I, I've been, yeah, I've been hanging out with these guys and, and and gathering information and putting together this this epic docu series 
of a season that we were about to unfold, and now we, it's it's going to be tied up in litigation for a while. So we're going to be well, yours truly. Obviously, they're trying to barrio stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, yeah, it's getting, it's getting buried. Yeah. Barrio. So, bar, so we'll see. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. Los Bariquas on hold for the moment. Yeah, we'll see. To be continued. I but would have liked to do that. I did a lot of research, you know. I know, uh, I know you did too. You were watching I'd... Raw and Superstar and Shotgun Saturday yeah. Yeah. night and everything after everything, yeah. Yeah. I lived with them for a number of weeks. <laughs> That's right. You became a member. La Casa Bariqua. Yimmy. I remember. Uh, Never forget. Yeah. Barico's forever. Yeah. So, but the important thing, Kobe, is we're here for the epilogue. We're at the end of the road. Uh, and I can't let go. Oh, I can't let go either. We we had some classic jams all, along this road that we listened to. Um, well, we didn't really listen to. We talked about them. Yeah. But, I mean, I listened to them. I made a playlist myself. You did? Oh, yeah. Nice. It was It was. Puff Daddy and Elton John. That was yeah. it. Yeah, and yep. wasn't Tony Braxton in the beginning? A couple, a couple yeah. times. Yeah. From "Unbreak My Heart" to "Candle in the Wind," we've yep. been, we've been with you. Exactly, and that almost kind of uh, echoes what we've been talking about in a way. Um, unbreaking hearts. Ooh. The heartbreak kid, and yeah, and Bret Hart. Some hearts can't be unbroken. Yeah, but the candle in the wind. Burned, burned out. Yep, long, long before. Yeah. The legend of the hitman ever did. Um, And so, so we've been covering that, right? So yes. It, <laughs> what a roundabout way to get there. Yes. Um, it, Let's go down the line. Let's, let's, let's talk do it. about it first. Yeah. Who, who, who gets, who gets, who gets affected the most after this, this screw job? of sorts yeah who gets who gets affected who benefits qui bono okay qui gives a shit it's got a fucking ribbon on it sorry i love the departed it's one of my favorite movies uh who benefits the most coming out of the montreal screwdriver i mean you could argue that it's vince yeah i think obvious i think i think the obvious answer is vince vince and the wwe yeah the wwe as a whole um because we see in in that incident the birth of the Mr. McMahon character on that night in Montreal. In earnest, Mr. McMahon is born, and from there on, they just the rocket takes off, and it's it's Stone Cold and Vince. Uh, Stone Cold, obviously, another huge benefactor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, setting you know he has his great adversary now and Vince. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? Who do you think came out of this the best? Well, obviously Vince and the company because yeah. they're still rolling. Yeah. Um, you know, the the player or the toy, as we spoke of before, can only last so long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think definitely Vince reaped the benefits a lot. And I think this was, this was a long, slow burn like we talked about. It was a it was a process he 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 practiced being a heel in memphis Mm -hmm. in a territory in 94 
Yeah. You know? And this was stuff that was hardly seen at all. But he he hammed it up over there. Mm-hmm. He tried his best. And then he came back and uh, he sees what Eric Bischoff does with WCW and the NWO and the realism there. Yeah. And, of course, everything in our entertainment and our mediums are turning towards that time, this ultra-violent uh, yeah. realism in right. a way. Yeah. Extreme. Extreme. And WWF is working with the ECW yeah. and Paul Heyman, it's- gathering ideas from there. And they gather one of the hottest stars, one of the hottest mouths, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin. So where do you go? They also had Brian Pillman. Unfortunately, his demise. Yeah, sadly. But, but you got this ringer, Stone Cold. And they're, he knew what he was doing. Uh, they were talking about attitude a year before. We knew that. Yeah. We noted that. Yeah. Uh, certainly talked about it enough. And Hart is an old school player. He's from the game of the 84, you know, arrival in Black Saturday where yeah. uh, Vince McMahon took over a lot of promotions and then superstars from other territories arrived on his grand stage. And Bret Hart was one of those guys, as well as Shawn Michaels later. Yeah. And these two guys are workhorses for him. And one's going to be, you know, <coughs> one's going to be the old straight shooter, Bret Hart. That's him. Um, and the other guy is going with it. Yeah. But he's kind of going too far. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. One of them takes the business a little too seriously, some would say. The other one, you know, has a tendency to let personal demons get the better of him. They both have their flaws, but you put them in, god damn, you put them in a 20 by 20 ring. God damn. Uh, you say he's about uh, uh, five, five, <laughs> five twelve, uh, 240. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, and so throughout, you know, we, we covered the, the history of their interactions and their feud, and it's just, it was all building towards this eventual explosion. Yeah. In a lot of ways, um, Dave Meltzer keyed into that with the fans and the marks of, and some of the magazines. Um, at the time, if you if you know, because PW Insider kind of rode the coattails of Meltzer on the wave of the the Shawn Michaels and uh, Bret Hart backstage yeah. controversy. Yeah, controversy. So every time I was in a grocery store, I would see all these several wrestling magazines. You don't see that anymore. No. It no. was just different like types of wrestling magazines. There was like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah. Then there was like the Wrestling Observer. You'd get an almanac every year or so or quarterly. Yeah. And then there was a couple other like wrestling magazines that had random pictures from they, they pay-per-views used to be huge. Yeah. yeah. Like going back to the, the 70s and 80s, that was really like the golden age of wrestling magazines. Now WWE Magazine isn't even a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't like, I think they put out like special collectors issues every now and then, but, um, yeah, th- this was like when they were everywhere. Yeah. Nineties really hot. So I remember, uh, seeing a lot of those. Um, and they were always like, un- it was like almost like tabloids though, some of them, like, cause they would have like very unflattering pictures of like Shawn Michaels that like some fan probably took, you know, it was like, yeah. 
obviously wasted yeah just like yeah like yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah yeah you're right you yeah. know like at a house show just not like not flattering pictures or yeah. something. but yeah all this backstage stuff is uh coming out and everybody's hearing about it and that's the breaking the fourth wall of the wrestling entertainment yeah um and that's where we're at now even 20 years later that's yeah. what we were talking about the whole time yeah um it's changed the business and a lot of other businesses at the time um, like you know, you think of you think of WCW. They were doing that too, but then they kind of took it a little too far. Even later after this, um, you'll see a match with I think it's like Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, and somebody else, uh, like Sid Vicious or, or I, I one of those one of those combinations. Um, it's a triple threat match, but they're talking about like, yeah, it's in the script that I'm uh, doing the job, but I'm not laying down. Like they start talking about it. Like, yeah, you know, come on. They're That's... obviously trying to do the screw job thing. Yeah. And then we see the screw job replicated on WWF, uh, television a year later, mm-hmm. the same exact event. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Survivor Series 1998. What happens there? The Rock uh, makes it to the finals of the uh, t- tournament for the vacant WWF title, and um, he's he's facing Mick Foley. Gets him in a sharpshooter, same move, same event. Vince calls for the bell because that's you know it's fre- it was fresh in everybody's mind, and it's 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 yeah it's money. Yeah, Vince was the hottest heel after yeah. this. Yeah, um, in a lot of ways. <sighs> Austin was the proxy for Hitman being the ultimate face after this. Oh, yeah. So the night after the screw job, The Rock challenges Stone Cold. They start their epic feud. This is awesome because you get these two, these two like top stars, man. Like you can't, undeniable Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Stone yeah. Cold, Steve Austin, Steve Williams, uh, these guys. They're shooting off at the mic back and forth week after week, almost months yeah. throughout this year of 97, 98. And yeah. finally in 1998, The Rock gets his moment as the champion for the first time. But in the meantime, Stone Cold needs to get that gold. Yeah. And he is the, like I'm saying, the proxy almost for Bret the Hitman Hart. Um, in a lot of ways, he is the anti-hero. Um, and he's coming for that title. So <clears throat> the Royal Rumble rolls around. We have Shawn Michaels still as the champion. He goes into a match with The Undertaker. Unfortunately, he injures his back. Yeah, takes that nasty bump on the casket. Uh, Does it look nasty? Because I always think of it, and it looks like it's grazed, but I'm like, okay, yeah. I know that feeling of like just sliding against something. It just yeah, like, yeah. It's just like the slightest touch, but I think you know the velocity, the velocity of it. In the area, it was his lower back, I think, yeah, too. Yep. So the the lumbar, if you yes, will. I'm not, yes, I'm, not exactly. I'm not a doctor, but uh, I do know Cedric Alexander's finisher is the lumbar check. So I know check. that's 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 in the area. Uh, but yeah, no, that I think I think about the lower back and just like. I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not. He doesn't land flush on it, but I, I could see where it. Yeah, and that I think it also was like a straw that broke the camel's 
the heartbreak hits back dude i think situation. you're right too we talked yeah. about that where yeah. he was off and on yeah i mean go on I've, uh, i'm not to interrupt sorry no no i mean i think we we're going in the same direction we talked about it in the last episode i think of just you know the infrequency that he wrestled in 1997 um doesn't lend itself to being able to be you know when you're in the groove and you're working 300 dates a year those bumps although i'm sure they never get easier they your body absorbs them differently i would imagine you know yeah. this uh, obviously i'm you you've taken more bumps than me because i've I've never you know never done that but like it, i i would think you would be more in a rhythm would you would you think so yeah 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 i definitely um you get into a good groove and uh your body becomes a little numb to it in a way yeah you get it's almost like building calluses on your hands yeah um but it's a bump callus but you do have a bump card that's the that's the that's the catch twenty two. Everybody's got one. So, um, yeah, I think heartbreak kid just got the heartbreak um, broken. <laughs> the heartbreak kid got his heart broken. So that's yeah, right. or his back broken too. Um, but yeah, funny thing about his heart is that it's located on his back. True. True. But he is hot at this time. Yes. He's on the mic the next night after the Montreal screw job saying that he submitted Bret Hart, like I said. But he's also calling out Macho Man Randy Savage by name, Hulk Hogan by name, people like that by name, yeah. um, saying that he's the best. Um, and he also looks really inebriated. Oh, yeah. Um, but granted, he's still doing a good job. But he's in a lot of pain after this Royal Rumble match. So he's the hottest heel, and Vince McMahon still hasn't really become the Vince McMahon character, but every time he's on screen, he's getting booze. Even the night after um, in Canada, he's he's in front of the live crowd, and he's getting booze. Um, and then December 15th, Vince McMahon delivers this epic promo um, right in you know, like he was in front of the crowd earlier live, and now this is a pre tape segment. So yeah. let's check this one out. Well, what else is going to happen here tonight on the war zone? Who knows? But now let's take you, ladies and gentlemen, to some editorial comments from the owner of the World Wrestling Federation. Let's take you now to Vince McMahon. It has been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the days of our lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like the King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Seinfeld, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. 
Therefore, we've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Raw in the war zone, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as it relates to the younger audience allowed to stay up late. Other WWF programs on USA, such as Saturday Morning Livewire and Sunday Morning Superstars, where there's a 40% increase in the younger audience, obviously, however, need no such discretion. We are responsible television producers who work hard to bring you this outrageous, wacky, wonderful world known as the WWF. Through some 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been an entertainment mainstay here in North America and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity is as the times have changed, so have we. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in television viewership, for which we thank USA Network and TSN for allowing us to have the creative freedom, but most especially, we would like to thank you for watching. Raw and the War Zone are definitely the cure for the common show. JR, do you know the meaning of the word extemporaneous? Uh. <laughs> You know, we use the word heartbreak and we, we throw it around and play with it. You think you know your friends, Kobe, but... So I'll, so I'll see you in court, Savio. Mi amigo. That was a game changer. Yeah, that was a game changer right there. Yeah. Because uh, get the, I gotta put my dogs down. <laughs> Not like that. Uh, guys, go, go, move. Come on, can't go. No, they're a special tag team, but uh, yeah. yeah, can't be on the lap all the time. All right, yeah. So yeah. That was a game changer right there, man. Absolutely. Um, wow. And also this episode is a game changer. The WWF Attitude logo appears for the first time. Yeah. So finally that shift. Um, Vince McMahon's character more present as the owner. The evil owner, maybe. Yes. Soon enough, yeah, you'll get to see as he starts feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely, um, so, and just the just the acknowledgement, I think, of you know, this is it's like a mission statement. You know, it's like this is who we are. This is where we're going. And, you know the the acknowledgement of you know, or the allusion to to different different forms of entertainment. You know, dropping you know, sign everything from Seinfeld to King of the Hill. Yep. Jerry Springer taking pe- taking bits and pieces from all of that and you know and music videos like those on music MTV <sighs> he's like I don't know any of the current music MTV yeah. Cindy Lauper yeah <laughs> VH1 Billy Joel Bruce Springsteen the boss yeah. oh yeah per boss so um. Yeah, this is awesome. But Raw is still kind of a lackluster. They don't they don't get their 
they don't get their stride until later when uh, Austin um, ultimately meets. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? (laughs) Mike Mike Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, so. The uh, baddest man on the planet. Yeah, explain what goes on there. Uh, So Mike Tyson, uh, who has been name-dropped on commentary more than once, I think, in in the months leading up to this. Yeah, we covered it at least three or four times. Yeah, um, shows up at the Royal Rumble. He's seated next to Shane McMahon. Uh, Here comes the money, indeed. Uh, And he shows up as a, uh, signs on to to appear at WrestleMania. In what capacity, they, they don't reveal right away, but... Uh, they have this big announcement with Tyson and his entourage, and it's one of the greatest all-time segments in the history of Raw as we approach yeah. the 25th anniversary, or we've uh, almost passed it. Um, and it's, you know, McMahon has everybody out there, WWE officials, Tyson has his entourage, and Steve Austin, that old rattlesnake, comes down the aisle and confronts him. Um Yeah. And all hell breaks loose as they start brawling. And it, the, this is something that gets them coverage mainstream. It gets them on Sports Center. Um, also gives us one of the greatest Vince McMahon reactions ever uh, when he's just like, after they're se- finally separated, and he's just screaming at Austin. And he said, You ruined that. Yep. And um, this is where. Yeah. That, this is, yeah, that from there on out, they. That's sort of they become mortal rivals. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's crazy. Um, also, going back real quick to the Vince um, little segment, the cure for the common show. Yes, he says this original wacky wonderful world of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If we had that out, that would be the O W W W W W F. Not as catchy. No. Hopefully, good thing that didn't stick. Good thing that didn't stick. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so, going back to, yeah, Austin just coming in there, ruining everything. So, <clears throat> McMahon becomes this official heel i mean he was getting booed a lot too because of the incident with bret hart and they eventually do show the backstage or the behind the scenes footage as they would have the coliseum extra on survivor series it's the um, aftermath of what happens and what does happen jimmy Uh, in the aftermath of the match at survivor series um you you see the you see Brett, um, who is obviously upset in the situation. He uh, he looks down at Vince and spits dead center, like right in the eye. Like couldn't have couldn't have had a better shot. Nice big spit, just a big old loogie. He looks a little dehydrated. If we could go back in time, I'd be like, Hitman, another bottle of water. Yeah, just one more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he he nails Vince. Not the first time he would nail, not the last time he would nail Vince that night, rather. Um, but yeah, spits in his eye. Uh, he's, you know, he's got Davy Boy and Owen at his side, and he's just upset. You know, we'll we'll read later how he's, you know, struggling to fight back tears because he didn't want to see, you know, any of these bastards uh, 
you know, didn't he didn't want them to see him cry. Uh, but yeah, and then he uh, writes the letters WCW in the air in front of everybody in the arena. So the uh, obvious indication that he is headed south. Um, you know, destroys a few monitors, I think. Um, just, you know, he's upset as anybody would be. Um, and that's yeah, and the whole time the cameras are on him. Yeah. Still rolling. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and we get this shown too. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, bashes a couple monitors. Um, hmm. then we see him go backstage or walk back, you know, behind the curtain and that's it. Yeah. Um, I think we're skipping over a couple other things. 1998, important-wise, Stone Cold's title victory, WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. The dawn of the Attitude Era. Yep, the end of Shawn Michaels' career and his previous life before he began his new life. Yeah, so what happens there? We get the build-up, the, um, the meeting of... Stone Cold and Mike Tyson. Yes. And it's separated, like you said, there it's ruined. And then from there, um the Royal Rumble happens. Mm. And Austin wins again. And then we have this epic showdown with Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. With Mike Tyson as the special enforcer. Yeah. And Sean is in rough shape. Yeah. At this point. Like he is uh there there's obviously like they always show the footage of him at that uh show before WrestleMania, like the outdoor event sort of pr- to promote it. And like he's like obviously very inebriated and like some fan throws something in the ring and he just storms out. Um but there was a lot of questions at the time as to like whether or not Sean was gonna do business. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah. Go through it. Like, there was, there was like, doubt that he was going to... I mean, because obviously, you look at the whole year of 1997, and all of his interactions with Brett and his refusal to job to Brett. Well, we talked about it on, like, an episode or two ago about uh, uh, Shawn Michaels' whole run through 97, and a lot of the top players in WWF in 97 not doing jobs. Yeah. Not laying down for nobody, Jack. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there was, you know, obviously this is like a crowning for Austin. This is, you know, going in the new era. And, uh, so yeah, the, the, the legend has it. And I think it's been confirmed by just about everybody who's been asked about it is that, uh, before the main event started, Undertaker, uh, went to the gorilla position, um, taped up his fist and just sat there and just in case, just in case Sean wanted to pull any shit. Taker was ready to step in um, and just like, I don't know, like I can't imagine a more intimidating sight if you're Shawn Michaels than like walking by the gorilla position and just seeing Taker sitting there just right, just ready to go. Right. And apparently, um, yeah, Taker was around for the Montreal screw job as well. He was, yeah. And but he was kind of tricked into uh, not being around, you know? Yeah. So, interesting. Uh, Bruce Pritchard explain, explains it a lot on his podcast, um, the backstage events where 
Undertaker thought that he knew and he thought that he knew and everybody thinks that they know. And that's where we get into the conspiracy stuff. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, uh, pressuring Sean into doing that job and he did it clean for Austin. Not the greatest match. And I was underwhelmed by that WrestleMania, honestly. But it was the big transition to what we have, the... Origin of Attitude. Right. The Attitude Era, the Origin of Attitude, the Dawn of Attitude, the Seeds of the Planet, (laughs) everything's down. (laughs) Lay Farm. And... Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin from here on out from, like, forever... If you think in your mind, WWF, from this point on, you were like, okay, everything WWF is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. That's why WCW kind of went with Goldberg, too, was the match. You know, the the lookalike. Similar look, but just... A little more intimidating. Yeah, but nowhere near the character. Right. Nowhere near the mic skills. At all, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so... All right, let's let, uh, let uh, let's let's go with the hitman now. Yeah, we followed up with everybody to about 1998. Let's get with the hitman to about 1998. What yeah. happens with him? So the the night after WCW, they have Canadian flags everywhere, and the NWO is like, "Oh, Canada!" <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff leading that, uh, and. Hogan, and I was like, what, really? Yeah. Because I would flip back and forth, or as you know, I would go TV to TV, or, you know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Run amok. Um, So, yeah, this was interesting. But uh, Bret Hart eventually does come in. Yeah. And it's during the hottest feud of WCW's history, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. at, At the time. Yeah, completely um, agree there. But looking back, they had some great rivalries. Um, but this one was huge for a lot of people. Sting and Hogan. Yes. So the NWO is, is birthed, as we explained before, and Sting goes um, rogue and uh, then comes back as this vigilante that's a loner and uh, like the crow. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, so funny. Funny enough, though, I, 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 when I was younger, around this time for Halloween, I think ninety-seven or ninety-eight, I was Crow Sting. Yeah, and I did the face paint and everything, and had a bandana, leather jacket, baseball bat, and everybody thought I was the Crow. Yeah, so I was like, okay. So, flash forward <laughs> to last year, I went dressed as the crow yeah and i did it perfect with like the electrical tape around the waist and the hands and the paint was like perfect my hair all wet with a leather jacket boots and leather like pants and everybody was asking me if i was sting (laughs) (laughs) oh what a time we live in yeah it's hilarious (laughs) so uh yeah we're 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 up on that Epic match that's going to go down at Starcade yeah. 97, December um, 1997 in D.C., close that's to right. us. The home of Starcade yes. for many years. Yes, for a long time. MCI Center at this time. It yeah. was renamed. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, so this epic match is going to go down. They need a legit referee because NWO's referee at the time, Nick Patrick, was... Son of a bitch. Yeah. I hated Nick Patrick as a referee, though. He And even watching matches back now, he ruins matches. Yeah. With his counts and his... Yeah, he's just not good at what he no, does. Not a good match. Yeah, and, he got he had an X-Pac not a good heat. referee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's because of nepotism, you know? You know, being the assassins of the yeah you know who you know whose father is right i don't actually the mass assassin no really uh jody uh drexel no not jody drexel i know <laughs> what a twist i know <laughs> jody um man i'm not gonna remember uh, you, I'll have to add it in. You're not thinking of the Mexican no. wrestler who killed no. Okay, yeah. He's an old. That's Invader. Yeah. He's an old wrestler, old heavy set white guy with the. He's the mask assassin. The I, with the white mask. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't. Yeah, the executioner. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably know him if I saw him. Yeah, so that's that's his son. Anyhow, second generation. Bad referee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so Bret Hart's going to be the special guest referee in this match. Woo! And hopefully nobody gets screwed over, right? Because he knows about referees screwing people over. That's what he says. Nudge, Uh nudge. So Bret Hart's there, and what happens that night? It gets cut off the air early on pay-per-view. So, yeah. Um, what I did that night, because I wasn't able to watch it, (laughs) it's the only time I ever did it, too. I didn't have the pay-per-view at the time, but I wanted to hear what the fuck was going on. So I went to ch- went to the channel. It was fuzzy, but I could still hear everything. Yeah. So I was like, fucking old school radio, and I got my toys out. Yeah. There you go. Just act it out. <clears throat> and the end didn't happen. I was like, what? And I stayed up for a whole nother replay, and the same thing oh, happened. Oh, no. Kobe. <laughs> A long night. School the next morning? No, it was like uh, Christmas time. Okay, good. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's sort of, I mean, the, there was a lot about that match that like went went poorly and they, they kind of blew the hottest, you know, few that they had going uh, in their history. But it was sort of an omen of what, you know, Brett's WCW run would, would come to be. Yeah, and he knew that too. Yeah. And he would speak of that in his book. Yeah. Um, it was a sad thing, man. It was like he knew he just was being put out to pasture by this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why people were like, why didn't you see it coming? Yeah. Uh, that's the whole thing that we're playing into here, too, is this conspiracy. In a way, they all made some money on the back end, like Vince promised Brett. Yeah. So he told him he was going to renege on the contract. He did. Yeah. But they would all see it on the back end. And they all did. There was a Rivalries uh, DVD put out uh, 2005. Bret Hart goes into the Hall of Fame 2005. Of course, in between there, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, 1999, Owen Hart passes away. Yeah. Yeah, just... Tragic. 
Yeah. So many ways. And there was a lawsuit that was pending between the Hearts and um, and uh, WWF yeah. and WWE at the time they started to go public mm-hmm. later. But uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, still, you know, still a degree of litigation between uh, Martha Hart and uh, and the WWE. Anytime there's sort of any. Any sort of involvement with like Owen's career and his legacy, um, you know, there's usually some sort of challenge coming from Martha, and it's. I mean, the whole the whole situation's awful. Obviously, it's you know one of the one of the most heartbreaking things in the history of the business. Yeah, do you remember? Were you watching that night? Have we talked about this on the podcast? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, what was I doing that night? I don't think I was. Yeah, I did live with my um, my aunt and uncle then, so I was able to watch everything live. But for some reason, I don't think we saw it. Yeah. I, we, I think I missed it for some reason, and I came back, and I was like, what happened? Because like, I wasn't into the Patriot gimmick. Right. You know? Yeah. So I kind of, like, missed it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I uh, didn't watch the pay-per-view, but I remember vividly my mom waking me up for school and, like, breaking the news to me before I went to school. She was just like, I got sad news. And Heartbreaking. Just, yeah, like, cause, and, like, she knew, like, I would, like, she wanted, it's like, it was almost like, you know, like, somebody we knew, like, she wanted me to find out first before, like, I went uh, to school. and That's a good mom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Damn. Um, yeah, I, I remember her telling me that, and I'm just like, and it's just so crazy because, like, I, I think even, like, I don't know, it just hit harder than, like, even when I found out the Pillman died. It just didn't seem real. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, I think I, I, I told my aunt because I found out later in the event because I was able to watch him, you know, in my room, like, that night or, you know. Yeah. So I, I told my aunt, I was like, oh, my God, like, I, I think Owen Hart died. And I was, like, kind of sad. And she was like, are you sad? And I was like. I mean, yeah, I didn't really know him, but, you know. Yeah. But then you replay, like, all the memories that you had, and, yeah, it's kind of a it's, it's a tragic story no matter what. Yeah. Not kind of, but it is yeah. a tragic story no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, there was some litigation. Uh, <laughs> th- there was some legal stuff going on between the Hearts and uh, the WWF. And apparently, Brett was pro-suing the WWF, so there was a bit of a dispute there. And meanwhile, Brett floundered in WCW. Yeah. So, going in, what his first feud was kind of like with Ric Flair. It was out of nowhere. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, then we go into him getting like the U.S. championship, feuding with Sting, and Lex Luger in a way where you would think he would, um, it would be some epic matches with him and Sting. And they were, they were okay. What do you think? Did you I, ever they, watch any of those? I, I've seen a few of them and they never really clicked in the way that, you know, you would hope that they would. Yeah. It was um, Scorpion Deathlock versus the Sharpshooter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You think it would be a natural fit, but, um, and I think it could have been, you know, if Brett was in, a, in earlier in his career, more motivated, um, I mean, that, maybe that's not the right word. I mean, he always, you know, put his best effort in, but you know, I think creatively, 
that's a big part of it too. You can go out there and work as hard as you want to work, but if your mind's not into it and yeah. you're not, you know, actively trying to tell the best story that you can and yeah. give a match, yeah. like you can, you can absolutely excellently execute all you want. But if you're, if you're not coming up with good, you know, innovative ideas, then it's going to, some of it's going to you know fall flat. And I think that's what happened in a lot of their matches. I think that's true. And I think, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of it is sting on autopilot. Yeah. That's um, same thing. Really? I, I was a big sting fan, but when you see what happened to him after the events of Starcade 97, mm-hmm. where they kind of like didn't really go with him and they put the title back on Hogan and there was all this other shit going on. Yeah. And then Goldberg shows up and now he's the man and probably felt like as he lost his spot. Yeah. And he had been going through this the whole time. Like that's this things. This is Sting's career, man. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. Um, on the end of the last episode, as far as like options for other seasons, if we ever mm-hmm. do stuff. Yeah, his Sting's career is like he has a lot of hurdles, stuff in the way. Um, but yeah, and even to the end of his career. And even at the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sting's career. Sorry. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's crazy. He was just on autopilot and him and Brett didn't really have the greatest matches. Yeah. So then 99, Brett finally is around the title. The main picture where he wants to be. Yeah. And in between, we get a weird match with like um, him and Hogan finally interacting. Yeah. Um, it's weird. They don't really wrestle that well. No. No, I mean yeah, Hogan doesn't wrestle very well to begin with and just all the ego stuff I think got in the way for sure and just Yeah. Was, you you wish you would have seen it, but we never did. Yeah. And there's a lot like there's a lot of that throughout his WCW run of like rehash of like stuff from his WWF career, like all the guys who like, you know, he was around on perfect. his way to the top. Yeah, perfect. I mean, savage. Well, him and perfect, and like that. They're always like you. You want to talk about two guys with chemistry? They had some good matches, even Piper in WCW. Yeah, but it, like especially Flair out of the gate, Luger. Yeah, sort of a callback to like that yeah. ninety four stuff. Um, yes, they do. You know, Hogan. There's like a lot of. I mean, that that that's sort of what WCW built their you know yeah. built their success on. Uh, and meanwhile. WCW Revenge, the video game for um, N64, had all these characters. Yeah. And I would make the epic, like, run, like, Brett going through everybody, but in a good, like, story mode. Yeah. You know, it took him, like, two years to get to the title. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It's a great game. Great game. Um, So, yeah, Brett is in the title picture finally, and he goes against Goldberg at Starcade, and then gets this head blow, um, and concussion, and he's done wrestling. Wow. So, a lot of people think that on the back end, Brett was supposed to come back to WWF, and I think a lot of these hurdles were in the way later. He gets a stroke. Yeah, that's, he suffers that, a stroke in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, um, that's really what what does him in career wise, and it sucks. I I will never ever ever let go of my grudge against Bill Goldberg. 
No. Like, I, I, I don't like him to begin with. I think he's a shitty wrestler, and I never got the hype around him. But, like, yeah, the fact that he, like, in effect sort of ended ended Brett's career is, like, hate him. Couldn't stand when he came back this year. Like, yep. did, didn't want to see him. Don't care. Yep. Don't want to see him in Lesnar. Don't want to see him in anybody. But, yeah, it, it just sucks. It was just a – it was – there, there was a lot of potential with him in WCW. Could have been great, but like so many other things in that company at that time, just got squandered. Yeah, so foul play. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways too. There was a match after where Brett was still wrestling after the blow to the head from yeah, like Goldberg, Terry, like Terry Funk, right? And like Terry a hardcore Funk. match. Yep, and he's in a barrel. It's on Thunder. It's like uh, a nothing fucking throwaway match. Yeah. And his head smacks the back of the um, ramp. And, yeah, that just adds to the concussion. So our hero is, uh, at the time, I thought he was going to die, man. And I was so sad. And then this book comes out. It's this all-telling story. And then Brett is honored by the WWF. The Hall of Fame, yeah, brought back into the WWE at the time. Sorry, I yeah. said WWE. I, I still remember the day that 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 DVD set came out that they put out in two thousand five of like the documentary and like the matches and everything. And this is like in a pre-network world, obviously. And like I didn't have a great internet connection, so I wasn't torrenting. So like most of like the my like wrestling collection was all on DVD and tapes and stuff. So like I'm like. I still remember going to Best Buy and buying that DVD set the day it came out, just being mm. like so psyched. Yeah, um, it's a it's a great documentary. Still, it's like it's still good to go back and watch. Oh, they, yeah. do, they do a pretty good job with it. Oh yeah, we have everything there that the Attitude Era is. We just explained that. Bret Hart, you know, gets welcome back, like we said, and then. Waits a couple years. We get some stuff between him and Sean that's filmed called The Rivalries. That's an awesome DVD. Absolutely. A lot of stuff that you need to see. Um, A couple episodes ago, we listed through some of the matches that are available on the Hidden Gems collections on the network. Um, Some some great matches between them. Good stuff, yeah. Oh, my God. Like Some random like singles tag matches. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Showing off their skills. And then that steel cage match that we watched. What did you think of that one? I thought, I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't like anything that blew me away, but just, you know, really solid steel cage match between two of the best. I mean, you could see the chemistry, uh, you know, even at that point in their careers and love the old cage. I mean, it's, it's the the old blue bars. It, it's, uh, brings me back. Um, and it's one of those matches without commentary too, so I thought that was that's always a unique perspective watching right. something on tape. Yeah, right. All right. Well, so then after that, um, Brett comes back, and uh, we have the epic um, meeting between him and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So Shawn Michaels has come back to wrestle when, like, 2002? 2002, yeah. SummerSlam. And that's when I became a Shawn Michaels fan, actually. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry, gonna be gonna be honest there. Yeah, I didn't like him before, but um, then in two thousand two, um, I was a Triple H fan as well. Yeah, but seeing Shawn Michaels perform in the ring was great at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the comeback was. I I was kind of like I was beginning to go, get away from wrestling. This was like I think the last WrestleMania I watched for about four years was WrestleMania nineteen. <laughs> I remember seeing um, that was Sean's first WrestleMania back, uh, not his first match back, but his first Mania back, and having that match with Jericho, which mm-hmm. is yeah one of one of my favorites. Um, yeah, he, he sort of yeah he, I, I had a similar feelings about it. He sort of won me over. I always thought he was great, but I was never you know he was never my favorite. And I was you know I kind of grew to despise him throughout the whole feud with Brett. Um, but yeah, definitely that, I think he won a lot of people over yeah. a lot of fans and a lot of people that he worked with who used to hate him, you know, he, you know, sort of earned their respect. Um, you know, having shed all the, the personal demons and well, yeah, most of them anyway, the, all the, right. uh, the, the chemical ones at least. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great to see him, great to see him back. And the, the second act of his career is, I would say better than the first. I think so too. Yeah. All in all. Yeah. Uh, there's some epic stuff between, uh, yeah. There's some epic stuff in his past, but uh, yeah, there, the second half. Yeah, I think his feud feuds with Jericho, um, feud with Undertaker, um, great matches with John Cena. I mean, some of the DX reunion stuff was kind of lame, but yeah, um, yeah. All in all, just but know, some good matches here yeah, and there. Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah. I actually enjoyed. Stupid enough, I don't know because it was like a wrestling angle, the Shawn Michaels and JBL thing. Yeah, that was that was kind of kind of goofy, but it was <laughs> yeah, like he was like his personal yeah yeah. Shawn Michaels yeah. lost all his money. Yeah, so yeah, I'm broke, Jack. <laughs> I got news for you. I'm broke. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, they Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels meet. Face to face, and that's all right. They bury the hatchet, and then it's Bret Hart and Vince McMahon in the ring. And this is an epic moment, the end of Raw, like 2010. Yep. And uh, they shake hands and they put bury the hatchet, yada yada yada. And Vince McMahon just kicks Bret in the dick. In the dick. Yeah. Just literally kicked him in the dick, like he <laughs> metaphorically kicked him in the dick. All those years ago, um, yeah. and this leads to the unfortunate decision to uh, have them have an actual match at WrestleMania 26. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, going into it, I thought like, like maybe like cause Vince is known to like get in there and like you know, had like he had a good match with Hogan at WrestleMania 19. Like, yeah, it's, I like, love when his eyes pop up. Yeah. That's great. That's great stuff. Um, but then, even though you think of that, that there was you know seven years in between that match um, and and this, and it's just like you thought you know maybe they could brawl and, and like do it, but then it ended up being like like overbooked to compensate for the fact that Brett couldn't do much, and so like the yeah. whole Hart family was out there, and it was just it. I just wish that like it hadn't. You know, I wish like. They, I wish they would have done it like they did, um, you know, just like some other stuff, like 
you know, when a certain, you know, piece of shit, uh, politician, um, now current politician, uh, showed up and they had the battle of the billionaires. Um, and they had like surrogates. Like, I Uh think, I think if they would have done that with this feud and they could have had, you know, Brett's, you know, could have been Davy boy jr. Um, Tyson, they could have done something to where like he wouldn't have actually had to work because that is actually what I originally thought. Yeah. Because it would have been, it would have been less depressing. It would have been, it could have been cool. Yeah, wasn't that? I mean, was it that depressing? I mean, so, it was, so depressing. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It wasn't the same bread at all. Yeah. Um, but the they got me with the fucking angle because I hadn't watched wrestling. Like, yeah, I got back into it around, like I told you, I think uh, early '08, mm-hmm. and I didn't follow it like too often but then when brett came back i was like oh shit yeah definitely got to keep up and then there's this incident where he gets his leg smashed in a limo with a car coming careening into the side of the limo and wwf at this point has already done um stone cold steve austin having triple h in a rental car lifting him up with a forklift throwing him over like the car landing and crushing and then triple h disappearing on raw the next week yeah and then don't forget about the time that hulk hogan uh hit the rock with a semi truck yeah you're right yeah Yeah. and the rock was supposed to be dead right yeah yep rock was back like two weeks oh yeah um so well i think he was out for a little bit for the movie for that but i think he came back like it was unscathed. It wasn't long. It was a couple weeks. Yeah. But yeah, so at this point you get this angle and you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? But it was a swerve the whole time. Like Brett set up this elaborate plan to where <laughs> he had the car hit the limo to fake out Vince so that Vince would accept the match with him because yeah. he knew that Vince wouldn't accept the match if Brett was completely healthy, which is bullshit. Yeah. Because uh we all know that Brett uh, wrestled the way that he did because of the stroke and certain things. Yeah. Concussions and everything. Yeah. Great to see him back. Some of the stuff with his feud with Vince was, you know, was kind of cool, uh, but just depressing to see him in the ring, especially at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they did, he would go out and like wrestle a couple more times and and that wasn't as bad. Like they gave him like a token run with the U S title. Yeah. It was crazy. Tap Miz out with a sharpshooter. Crazy. Um, and was in the, uh, 10 man tag at, uh, or however many man tag the WWE versus Nexus at SummerSlam that year. Um, so that stuff was cooler. That was less depressing, but yeah, just one-on-one with another, you know, old man. Mm -hmm. It was, it was overbooked and and sad, but yeah, you know, what are you going to do? It's good to have him on the TV. You know what? Honestly, the thing that annoyed me the most, and I feel like you're probably going to agree with me on this, about his, his whole return, is they changed his fucking music. Mm. Did that piss you off? That. It annoyed me. I, right off the break, I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. And it's like, because you, like you hear the guitar screech, and you're like, fuck yeah. And then there's like this weird beat, and it's like. Why? All right, let's let's cue it up right here. Okay.
so I'm filled with rage. Just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's like why? Like why? Why would you? It, it would be such like, a knockoff. Yeah. That's how everything is now. Yeah. Like even like, ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't want to get into it really deep. Doritos don't taste the fucking same to me. Yeah. Skittles don't taste nothing. Tastes the same anymore. No. Even Skittles. Ever, even music is thick. You know, like yeah, yeah. everything is different. Skittles got rid of the lime. They switched out with green apple. Like yeah. would like nobody would notice. Nope. When lime is the best, was the best Skittle. Hey, I like lime. Yeah. I'm a lime and lemon guy. Yeah. And you just, yeah, you, that's the thing. You take the lime and the lemon and like, it, and just pat, and to pass it off like, oh yeah, it's still green. Like whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. It's, it's shitty flavor. Nobody likes green apple. That's WWE now. Yeah. Sorry. WWE is green apple. Fuck yeah. yeah. WWE is green apple. <laughs> um, honestly, my thoughts of the way that they dealt with everything post, um, post Benoit is kind of where they got into this. I mean, even post, um, post them going public. Yeah. They just turned into this commercial entity. That's just like not focused on what we loved wrestling for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I think that the end goal is not the same as it used to be. Um, in terms of like the entertainment, I think, I, I don't know. Yeah. There was, there was a definite shift. That was definitely the, the, them going public was the end of an era for sure. Yeah. And before then it was this, the screw job, um, behind the scenes, uh, breaking kayfabe, the fourth wall, everything. They're like, you really wanted that? You wanted to read the Melter every day? Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's what Vince calls it. He calls it the Melter. The Melter. Yeah. You wanted to read the Melter, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. And this backstage entity exists still to this day in WWE. And it drives me wild. We were yeah. just talking about this earlier. Yeah. The difference between uh, New Japan and WWE. Yeah. I mean, of course, you can you can like uh, give the analogy that we were talking about a movie. Yeah, uh, just in terms of kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I I think um, we were talking about uh, you know Jericho and Omega doing a podcast about their match right after they had a match or whatever. Like I think. Um, I always look at watching wrestling like stuff like that doesn't bother me. Like I like I, I I watch wrestling in the same way I would watch a movie. Like you get sucked into it, and like you're into the story, and you can get lost in the story, even though you know it's you know it's fucking you know Robert Downey Jr. and right. you know like he's got a coke problem and, and like and, and yeah it's like and and like you'll I can I can watch a movie and get absorbed in it and then watch some behind the scenes stuff and like that doesn't take away from from the story that was told um and it almost adds to it yeah exactly exactly like you, I don't know so like there there are people that get up in arms about about that and that I just think it's I think it's dumb yeah um 
And I'm trying to remember how this related to WWE. So it was almost like, all right, so we we have that analogy of like you get the backstage of the how how's it how's it made like the HBO like the yeah. first look. Yeah. You know, type deal. Yeah. That's how WWE 24 is. Right. You know? yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. is great stuff. It is. I'm not knocking that production. That is fucking epic stuff. I love that stuff. Um, even their documentary films that they do, the the rivalries, mm-hmm. everything on there um, that you'll find on the network. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. But the stuff while we're watching the product. Yeah. I don't want to watch Stranger Things and have in the corner the actor pop up in the corner and go, Hey guys. So just letting you know, this next scene is really about me having feelings about this person. (laughs) And like, you know, like all this. And then after the show, we're going to go to the after look of stranger things. They killed that. Yeah. Did you see that at all? No, there was like a, I don't know if you're a Stranger Things person, but they have a season one and two. And then mm-hmm. after two, the show was, I mean, after season two, the series is so hyped that they did a after buzz like type of thing where they talk with some of the kid actors and some of the people involved with the show look back, like about their characters and stuff. And it was just not good. Like It doesn't work in a yeah. Netflix format, I yeah. feel like, when you're streaming it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't work with WWE either. No, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of nice for some of the content to tell the story. Yeah. If they're in character telling the story, but you got to have like some type of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consistency with your product. Yeah. That's not what we have with WWE anymore. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, and you get real fake, fake, real feel, yeah. real feel, real feel, real feel. Yeah. So the thing that got me too that was that really like honed it in for me is when okay the draft the the original draft that just happened mm-hmm. like uh, a year or two ago mm-hmm. where they split AJ Styles with Doc gallows and anderson they Mm. went to different shows yeah and then they show the cameras backstage and then they look at each other and they you hear aj goes is this real (laughs) fuck like that hits that hits you hard it's like that's what their product is now yeah come on come on yeah it's a little it's a little ridiculous how do you expect a person to perform you know yeah it's not going to be like that no but when you get the guy in the pocket, like a Mojo Raleigh delivering a, a a great, great promo on his cell phone, or AJ Styles getting that chance to get the mic recently, mm-hmm. and now having the title, you know, like finally, yeah. you know, it's 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 nice. Yeah, but it almost feels like stuff like that happens in spite of the machine and not because of it. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that's where we're at, man. Yeah. And we followed this all, the origin of attitude. Um, I think we, we could read from the book, but really what was going through Brett's head? We can we can skim through it. We know it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Brett goes out to the ring, you know, after he talked to Earl Hebner, 
we we talked about this on the last episode one of his closest friends in the business who swears on his children that he was not going to not going to screw Brett um and sure enough goes out there and then says ring the bell and he has him ring the bell um and uh it's i think the i think what he says is the first thing you know he knows immediately what happened and he says they screwed me they screwed me the lousy bastards um and just like yeah like that that shock of like um it's like the it's like almost like the end of the relationship you know it's just like just like so like the it's like the ultimate betrayal um and that's sort of what's going on in the moment i mean like you know and it's the 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 funny not the funniest thing but one of the things that's like so poetic about it is like Sean goes to put the sharpshooter on and he puts he like takes the wrong leg and he's he's misapplying the sharpshooter because of course he is and Brett is like trying to help him like you know trying to get him to put it on the right way and so he's helping him put him in this hold that's gonna like be the end for him and I think that says it all right there is like Brett. Him. Yeah, like Brett is doing everything he can to put on the best possible match and put put his best effort through, and he just gets screwed for it. Yep. It's sad. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry. And <coughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a sad it's a sad thing. Yeah. Um, he's helping him put on this sharpshooter, and we saw over the last year with Brett. He's been put in the sharpshooter a lot by a lot of people. So that's where we get into the conspiracy lies of where um, where he could have booked this very smart. Uh, the guy's getting put in his sharpshooter the whole time. He's thinking of a classic way to get out. They had a dispute. And even Meltzer put in a one of his observer issues a little bit after the screw job that basically uh, – Vince had suggested to Hart that he's going to screw him over the title in the match. And they didn't really agree upon it. Hmm. Or did they? Maybe. So, yeah, if you look on it, on the upside for Brett, he gets all this um, Hall of Fame. And they didn't mention him for a little bit, but he was still in the first WWF PlayStation game. Yep. Yep. I loved it. I was like, yeah, Brett's still in here. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm going to rule with him. SmackDown versus, is that SmackDown versus Raw? This is no, the this original is WWF SmackDown. Attitude. Oh, okay, yeah. The original oh, WWF yeah, way back. 1997 yeah. or 1998 release. I think. Yeah. 1998 release. Yep. Brett's on the roster. Yep. Um, Owen Hart has the Rocket theme by then. Nice. A little bit different. But yeah, Brett Hart is still Brett Hart. You're like, whoa. But then you get Bret Hart in the WCW game, like the following months, and yeah. W—he's already in WCW while that game is released for WWF. Yeah. Then you get wrestling with shadows, so that's on A and E, a year after. Yeah. Um, the Montreal Screwjob, so like late '98. That's basically the behind-the-scenes documentary that's been going on, um, and it's crazy how much inside shit that they get. Yeah. And you know what's going on at the same time on W or like A and E? What is the pro wrestling secrets? Like, ah, yeah, that's you right. Know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, what perfect way for Vince 
and his company to work the fan even more to let him know that to let them know that this product is real there is stuff that can go on in my product yeah like wink wink like yeah. I'll fuck somebody over yeah and then he punches him you know Brett punches Vince backstage wink we don't see it yeah. but there's makeup and stuff when Vince is on screen and kind of covers his black eye up but yeah yeah um it's interesting yeah how much stuff goes into this i think he definitely got punched and i think vince is enough of a psycho to like if he like take the punch take the punch for sure like yeah. if he was if he really wanted to to drive this thing home if it was a work you yeah. know vince would do that in a heartbeat yeah and a lot of other like wrestlers <laughs> think like why wouldn't brett see this coming you know a lot of other things like that, yeah. and then Brett is now getting money off of, uh, you know, coming back and this rivalries and everything yeah. for the screw job. Yeah, and his WCW run for as uninspiring creatively as it was did get him about nine million dollars, I think. Yeah, so good, good contract either way because yeah. he wasn't go he he wasn't losing money no, no matter what. Yeah, he was just losing that title. Yeah, and was it really that important? We that's, don't know. That's the question. Yeah. So that's what's the question here, and that's the biggest thing in wrestling to this day, I think, that is the like biggest, like, where's the smoking gun? Yeah. What is here? Like, what what is it? Are they going to, like, get together, the three of them, you know, before Vince passes away and, like, just go into it and just, like, reveal it to right be what it is? Right before Brett dies, he goes... I knew it, <laughs> and you knew it, and then Sid will arise from the grave, because at this point, I think he would be dead before <laughs> Brett, uh, and he will say, I don't know shit, Hitman, and then Shawn Michaels would say, I got news for you, Jack, <laughs> and we would never get a of anything no we would go off the air at that yeah. point which we're going to now yeah thank you so much everybody yeah um, thank you this was it this is the origin of attitude yeah hope you enjoyed it yeah thank you guys for i mean we we've got a a small but loyal following uh and we love you guys so much you've been through us we've been uh we're we've been at this for like over six months like, since May, I think. Probably, yeah, probably closer to I was still drinking when we started this. Wow. Uh, I'm still drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe actually wasn't drinking at all, and then he had to hang out with me every other week and talk to me, and then he no. started drinking. No. But no, yeah, we've been at this for a little bit, and you guys have been with us. Uh, you know, Matt, Gabrielle, uh, we always see you guys on the Facebook page. Shout out to you guys um, and everybody else who who's liked the page and been checking out the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, notwithstanding anybody on the Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I mean, we, we we I think we hit all the key points throughout this whole this whole long 13 episodes i'm gonna add up the hours and then yeah. we'll see how many uh, hours it was that we covered on this whole this whole origin of attitude yeah it's awesome man um bret hart sean michaels vince mcmahon stone cold steve austin we hit all the key points yeah. these guys are still doing things to this day yeah. um, 
classic. And I think we will probably see all four of them, maybe, maybe at least at least three out of the four of them uh, on the upcoming Raw Twenty Five special. I would say all four of them. I would hope all four. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I, think, I would say there's got to be an interaction with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. On yeah, this one. come yeah. on, that's classic Has TV. And then there's got to at least be some Brett or Sean thing. Yeah, maybe. I'm excited. Maybe. I'm excited. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I know there's going to be a lot of fucking wrestlers there. Yeah, I got to watch it live. <laughs> yeah. When is that? Do you know? It is two weeks. Let's see. This past Monday was what. I don't even know. I think it's in two weeks. I think it's two weeks from this Monday. Okay. Or maybe one week. I don't Maybe one week. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> WWE.com. We'll see. Yeah. All uh, right. But yeah, they're, well, I think we might see all four of them. That would be that'd be cool. It's going to be like they're going to be in the Ham- um, the Manhattan Center. Ooh. Where the first episode was. Yep. That's your 93. Yes. I'm a huge mark for that. I actually saw a Ring of Honor show in the okay. Manhattan Center. And that was like, that was like, that was like just as exciting to me as the show, uh, which was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. But just the, just being in that, that old building where, uh, that old ballroom where the first episodes of Raw were recorded, it was, it was very cool. I love yeah. that building. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yep. So it'll be good. All sure. right, folks. Yeah. We'll, we'll check it out and we'll follow up with you. Hopefully, um. We'll be back with the season two. Like yep. we said, we got some options. Yep. Hulkamania is dead. Yes. Stinger. Stinger. Triple H. Um, Los Periquos. Ah, that one's on hold. Yeah. Cease and desist. Sorry about that. Sorry. It wasn't a C and desist. C <laughs> um, and dissect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so we'll see what we got. Yeah, we might be cooking up with some other stuff. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. we got we got we got some ideas. Stay tuned to the Facebook page because uh, we'll we'll probably have some sort of uh, you know an announcement or like acknowledgement of the direction we're headed in, and it will be we'll post it on the Retromania page. So stay tuned to that. But yeah, we've got some exciting things we're working on, um, and we're just getting warmed up. I mean, this is our this this is the this is our first time we've done a podcast so yeah uh now not notwithstanding the the comedy podcast i did that like we recorded four episodes and one got released or two got released but um notwithstanding that this is our first uh you know delving into the podcasting world so we're yeah i've done some too that have never been released yeah so we're uh notwithstanding that uh thank you for uh sticking with us as we've uh sort of gotten our bearings and uh Stay tuned because we're going to have some uh, exciting new projects coming up. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. As always, you can find us um, on Facebook. Like, share, please. Um, write in retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Doesn't mean we're going away. Yeah. Um, you can always find Jimmy on the Twitter at Jimmy underscore price. And find us on moleholeradio.com. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>